If you're in construction, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Constructed Behaviors Podcast. I'm your host, Barb Allen. I'm a woman with decades of experience in the construction industry, and most of it on the job site. I know how rewarding this industry can be, but like you, I also know that we could improve. Let's work together to make changes from the inside out. So what was it like being a woman in construction? How did you get into it? What did you actually do? These are the questions I get when people first find out that I've spent a career in construction. I don't look like what people expect a construction worker to look like. And I think that they struggle to visualize me in the positions that I tell them that I held. So I thought I'd spend an episode on it. Take the time to tell you guys exactly the positions that I held and what my role was in each of those positions. I think it'll give you a better understanding of where my perspectives come from, as well as let you get to know me a little more. So let's do it. First job in construction was at the age of 16. I got hired on at a lumberyard and hardware store called Payless Cashways. And as many of you probably assume, yes, I was hired as a cashier. I worked there all through high school and college, but I was not always a cashier. There were two other main positions that I held. One was titled Inventory Control Coordinator. In this position, I was a sole person in that store responsible for keeping track and counting everything in the store. It helped our inventory be more accurate. That position is where I started to learn more about construction materials and equipment because something would be written on a list and I wouldn't even know what I was looking for. And then I would find it and think, oh, that's cool. What does it do? And then I'd want to find out what it did. So that was that position. The other position I held there was service desk representative. That's where you walk into one of those stores and you want to order something that they don't keep on stock, a particular door or a specialty window. Um, I also had an opportunity to do estimates for things like pole barns and desk, um, desks. I mean decks. So that was my experience at Payless Cashways. Uh, the two biggest things I got out of that were definitely learning more about materials and equipment for construction, but also learning about the people. That's where I first learned that I loved working with and around people in the construction industry. And that has not changed for me. Construction is filled with amazing people. All right, so also in college, one summer, I roofed houses. I loved roofing houses. For one, I love the heat. But second, I think there's something about the systematic nature in which shingles are installed that just really fit well with my type A personality. My favorite memory from that is uh, the first time I climbed a roof. I walked right up to the top of the roof without hesitation, got to the top, looked around, felt like I was kind of king of the world, and then realized I had to get back down. And that scared the crap out of me. I sat down on the peak trying to figure out how I was going to get down without looking like a complete idiot to the rest of the crew. Luckily, my boss recognized what was going on and he came up there, sat down next to me and talked to me until I got comfortable heading back down. That was a great job. I did that for one summer and I loved it. Another summer during college, my last semester, my last summer semester, I did an internship as a laborer with J.E. Dunn Construction. So in this role, 
I was particularly what they called a carpenter tender. So it was my job to make sure the carpenter's area was set up, that I'd go get things if they needed them, and I would clean up their area as they moved to a new area. My biggest accomplishment in this role was learning to carry a sheet of three-quarter inch plywood on my own. Those things are freaking heavy, and I swore I was going to be able to do it. I mean, back then I was 100, maybe 110 pounds, and people did not think that I'd be able to do it, but I was determined to do whatever the guy counterparts could do, and I figured out how to do it. And the day that I did it, I swear I wanted to walk around the whole job site with it just so people could see that I was actually doing it. It's really not that hard when you figure out the leverage. If I meet you in person, happy to show you. Okay, so then I graduated college with my degree in construction management. And my goal was to find a job that they would train me to become a job site superintendent. And for those unfamiliar or only somewhat familiar with construction, when you drive by a job site, there's typically one person that's ultimately in charge for all the actions that are taking place on site. That is a job site superintendent. And that was my dream job. So... I got hired. I was the first female actually hired by Jay Dunn Construction to train to become a superintendent. Now, typically superintendents have a background in carpentry. I did not. But Jay Dunn was also affiliated with the Carpenters Union. So they placed me into the Carpenters Union into the apprenticeship program. The Carpenters Apprenticeship Program is a four-year on-the-job training experience where you learn to actually build. So I wore my carpenter bags and I worked in the heat and the cold and the rain and the snow. I climbed formwork. I hung doors, set cabinets, installed countertops, um, installed toilet accessories and door hardware and spent countless hours doing layout of columns and walls and parking lot curbs. All of that time, I was learning how to physically build. What I was also learning was that men and women do not communicate in the same manner. And I learned that very quickly. Um, I knew after I heard a few things on site, um, I was going to have to learn how to communicate more like men communicate if I was going to be successful communicating with my team in the future since they were all men. All right, so a couple years go by and I get promoted to carpenter foreman. As a carpenter foreman, I was in charge uh, initially of a six-man crew. I say six-man because they were six men and one of them made it very clear he had no intention or interest in taking direction from a woman. That was my first experience with that. It was not my last. But anyway, there are four main roles of a carpenter foreman or any foreman, I guess. One, making sure there's a plan for the day. Two, making sure all the parts and pieces, materials are readily available for the team to do the work. Three, ensuring that the guys know how to do the work. And four, making sure it gets done in a timely manner and in the quality level of quality that you're expecting. What people don't tell you is that how much of being a foreman is about managing personalities. 
And although construction is a great place to teach you how to do physical work, they don't do a great job, just like many industries, of teaching people the soft skills that are required of a people manager. And being a woman in such a strongly male-dominated industry, that was really hard for me because all I was managing were men. I will tell you that throughout my career, I would be willing to bet that in 30 years, I managed less than six women. Anyway, so I figured it out. Um, and then I was promoted to assistant superintendent. As assistant superintendent, you are second in command to the job site superintendent. So I was getting closer to my goal. Uh, assistant superintendent was basically in charge of managing all of the foremen on site. Whether the foremen were managing crews of carpenters, laborers, ironworkers, bricklayers, plumbers, HVAC guys, electricians, concrete crew, you name it. If they were a foreman, they were my responsibility to make sure that they had what um, they had the plans that they needed, that they were headed in the right direction, that everybody was coordinating to meet the scheduled deadlines and to work with them to resolve any issues that came up. That's a lot for an assistant superintendent. And particularly, it was on a hundred million dollar job and I was out of town. So they were all new people and a new city. Now, if I'm doing all of that, you may wonder, what the heck does the superintendent actually do? On a job site that size, the superintendent gets saddled with a lot of meetings. And I mean a lot of meetings. They do other things as well, but that's pretty much where they spend a lot of time. Now, on a smaller project, a superintendent, which when you're first promoted to superintendent, you are given a smaller project, and I was first promoted six years out of college. I had achieved my goal of job site superintendent, and I was managing what I remember to be a $5 million project. So that size project, you don't have an assistant superintendent. You are responsible for all of it, creating and managing the schedule, managing the subcontractors, coordinating with the design team, the client, the city entities, attending the meetings. It's all on you. That's the job site superintendent job. And I loved it. And I did it for 12 more years. I did it from Des Moines, Iowa, down to Houston, Texas. I loved that job. And then I took a really hard right. And I mean a sharp right turn. I requested to be moved into the pre-construction department. There were a lot of questions surrounding that particular move. Um, it took me a while, a couple years probably, before I was open with people about why I truly made that shift. But for today, what I want you to understand is that I knew if I was going to leave what I had considered my dream job and go do something else, I wanted it to be something that I hadn't done before, something that I knew nothing about, and something that was really going to broaden my knowledge of the industry. And that's why I chose the pre-construction department. Pre-construction department is responsible for putting estimates together to let a client know how much a job is going to cost to build. So I spend my day sitting at a desk behind a monitor counting things. Um, Not for me. And granted, I completely oversimplified what estimators and pre-construction pre managers do. But 
I only did this for a year. It was not for me. I was not meant to sit behind a desk all day and I needed more people interaction than that job provided. So when I received a call from a recruiter asking if I would be interested to move to the client side of the construction industry and work as a project executive um, for a nationwide developer, my answer was hell yes. So I moved over to the Cordish companies and I managed the design and construction teams for their uh, luxury apartment towers. They were just starting to do these across the nation, and I got to work with people day in and day out on some really cool projects. This was my new dream job. And for this position, it is rare that an owner, a client, typically looks for somebody from the superintendent side. It was a rare position for me, me to be able to grab it up, and I loved it. Um, so I did this for a few years and I just felt like something was missing. And I finally realized what was missing is that I really loved managing people and direct reports. And this job didn't allow that. Although you managed a lot of teams and a lot of work, you really didn't have direct reports. So when I talked to them and they, there wasn't really an opportunity for me to get direct reports, I soon after received a call from a smaller company, a general contracting company in Kansas City. Their name is Centric, and they were offering me an operations director position. Centric was a smaller company. They were about 10 years old, and I was going to have the opportunity to manage about a third of their work. So I took the opportunity. Not only was I going to be able to mentor and manage direct reports again, and quite a few of them, but I was also going to have an opportunity to help shape a growing company. And that to me was really exciting. So I took that position and I managed the majority of their apartment work because by the time I started with them, I had over 800 apartments under my belt. So it was a good fit um, to do apartments. But a couple of years in, I realized that it was time for me to move on. I realized that after 20-some years in the industry, I was still having some of the same conversations about women that I had had 25 years ago when I started after I graduated college. Why was there not more change? Why had we only gone from 9% women to 11% in over two decades? I wanted to do something about this. I wanted to make a difference. And I felt that my experience, not only on the field and the office, but also on the general contractor and the developer side, gave me some really interesting perspectives that it would be hard to find someone else in the industry with those perspectives, particularly a woman. So I left that job and I started my own endeavor. And that takes us to today. Well, with my own coaching and consulting business, I get to leverage my experiences, my knowledge, and my lessons learned to not only increase the success of women in construction, but increase the success of our industry as a whole. If you know someone that could benefit from this particular episode, then share it with them. 
or if you want to continue to learn about the untapped and underutilized resources that will take your business to the next level, then follow the podcast. You don't want to miss an episode where we discuss what you needed to hear. And lastly, there is a link in the show notes that will allow you to reach out to me directly if you want to accelerate that learning curve. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.